All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry. I was a CW2 helicopter pilot in Vietnam 1969, which is almost a century ago. So uh, we want to welcome you to our program today. It is our monthly benefits program. So we, if you've got any questions for our experts, please give us a call. The number is 734-822-1600. If you're listening to this as a pre-recorded program, you can always send me your questions to dale at veteransradio.net, or you can just go to our website, veteransradio.net, click on the contact uh, button, and send us your questions, and we'll answer them as they come in. And hopefully, we can get to them by uh, next month if we don't hear from you today. So we do have our local experts here today to talk about benefits, not only health benefits, but also disability and so forth. So, again, we want to make sure that you can do that. First up, though, I've got a, a guest on the phone. Uh, we have an upcoming event this coming uh, weekend, the third and fourth, I believe it is, at USA Hockey. So joining me on the line right now is Eric Fretz, Dr. Eric Fretz, who is with uh, VCAT 9, and I'll let him explain what that uh, initial, all those initials stand for, and the upcoming events. So Eric, welcome back to Veterans Radio. Thanks a lot, Dale. Thanks. It's uh, it's great to be here, and I appreciate the intro. Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, VCAT 9 stands for Veterans Community Action Team Region 9, and it's one of 10 VCATs established by MVAA years ago. Our job is to coordinate veteran-serving efforts across about six counties and about 60,000 veterans. So this event that's coming up is a great partnership that we've had for a number of years with USA Hockey. Uh, they're uh, right there off of uh, Beck Road in uh, off M14, and they have some amazing hockey games there with the U.S. Uh, developmental team. And they've, for many years now, partnered with us and offered a military appreciation uh, evening uh, that's usually one or two nights. Uh, this year it's going to be two nights, uh, Friday and Saturday, the third and fourth. And it'll include some great hockey, obviously a wonderful game um, against a, a local team. And then we'll also have um, beverages and uh, so soda pop and like uh, a dinner for every uh, veteran and their family that comes. And then we'll also have a lot of uh, entertainment and uh, other things going on. And best of all, will be a ton of resource providers that are there to offer benefits uh, to the veterans. So they'll be able to find out about all sorts of services from equine therapy to all sorts of other things that are available for veterans and they just want to you know, meet more veterans so that they can share what they do with more people. So it's a really wonderful event and look forward to seeing everybody there. I know you'll be there. I know. I know we will be. Um, there's, as you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of different organizations there to help uh, veterans, you know, a lot of veteran resources, not only, as you mentioned, the equine, but I know that there'll probably be some VSOs there type of people and uh, just to answer questions as it goes along. This is an event that the veterans should register for, correct? That's true. We actually have now gone to a wait list because we are uh, sort of full up on tickets, but, you know, we are going through and verifying that the tickets will get used. So if you uh, go to eventbrite.com and just search for VCAT9, VCAT9, you'll find our events, and uh, you should be able to jump on the wait list there. Um, it really is a fun event. We may have some dignitaries visiting us, that's, so that's not finalized. And, again, just all kinds of great things. Again, everything from major players like the VA will obviously be there, the VA Medical Center, but we'll also be down to things like um, uh, Bullets and Bricks, which is basically like a Lego-based uh, veteran-themed um, group. So just such a really wonderful wide array of, of uh 
providers there that would like to meet the vets. So great, great event for vets and their families to come out to, totally free. Okay. It's, suppose that uh, somebody listening today that doesn't get to register, can they show up at the door and show some sort of ID to get in? Uh, that'll depend. The USA Hockey really sort of controls the cap, right? We, we are very, very generous with their support, and so we do try to respect the cap that they give us. Um, like I said, it, it would be best to go and try and get on the wait list, and then um, that would basically give you your best shot at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so uh, could you just repeat again where they need to go to get on that wait list? Uh, yes. Yeah, so if you go to eventbrite.com um, and you search for VCAT9, V-C-A-T-9, you'll find our events list. It's a pretty unique phrase. Um and the one that will be open right now will be the one for USA Hockey. And there may be some other ones open for We're doing some nice uh, little uh, get-togethers over the PACT Act. So if you see anything that says PACT, that's, that's not the hockey. <laughs> you want to have right. USA Hockey as the event. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking. Thank you, Dr. Eric Fretz from VCAT9. And I guess I'll be seeing you later in the week. Absolutely. Thanks very much for having me on. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right, so that's uh, the upcoming event is at the U.S. Hockey uh, Arena, I guess you could say, which is over off of Beck Road and M14. Uh, it's uh, Friday and Saturday from 5.30 till 8. Uh, there is a hockey game going on during that time period, and I forget who they play, but uh, it's pretty good. We were there last year, got a, a large turnout, got to meet a lot of veterans, and it's a great way to establish connections all over the veterans community. All right. So before we get into our, um, our experts here, I need to make sure that we thank our sponsors because we can't do the program without them. And we want to make sure that we do appreciate all that they do for veterans radio. So number one who's been here from the very beginning is legal help for veterans and they specialize in veterans disability claims. For more help, uh, you can give legal help a call at 800-693-4800. Or you can go to their website, that's LegalHelpForVeterans.com. You can actually probably start your claim right there. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. For more information, you can go to their website, that's NVBDC.org, or give them a call at 888-237-8433. That's 888-237-8433. If you have a veteran-owned business and you want to do business with the federal government and many corporations, you need to become certified, and these are the folks that can do it. They can get you through the process. Uh, the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information about them, you can go to va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. We also want to thank our local veteran service organizations for their longtime support. Uh, the Irwin um, Press Corps and American Legion Post 46 and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 310, both of Ann Arbor, Michigan. If you'd like to get involved in sponsoring Veterans Radio, you can go to, again, to our website. That's veteransradio.net and just click on the sponsors page. Veterans Radio is a production of Veterans Radio America, which is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit corporation. So if you want to make an individual donation or a corporate donation, it may be tax deductible. You need to talk to your financial advisor about that. But I'm pretty sure that you're going to be able to deduct the, the uh, donation. So we're hoping that you can go there and see what's going on. The other thing I got to mention about our website is that we have probably about six, seven hundred programs that are archived there that you can go and listen to. All you got to do is go into a little search 
um, window and type in a name or a subject, and normally the program will just pop up, and you can listen to it any time that you want to. Okay, so today is our benefits program. The last Sunday of every month is our benefits program. And so today I want to introduce our newest member of our crew, and he is David Sames, and David is the acting director of the Washtenaw County Veterans Service Office. So, David, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you, Dale. Um, I've been working at the um, Veteran Affairs at Washtenaw County for 12 years. Um, I was in the Army from 1990 to 93. When I got out, um, I went to Eastern Michigan, started working at the um, um, at the veterans office at Eastern Michigan, starting people's benefits for education. It was a little bit different back then. Nowadays, it's all on the computer, right? So, and then uh, after I graduated, I worked in business for a while. Uh, lived, worked in England for a couple years. Came home, and um, it was an 08, really bad time to find another position right so it took me a while but uh, there was an opening at the um, Washtenaw County office in 11 got hired there and um, started moving up the ranks there and um, I'm married have a couple kids and uh, I really really enjoy the work that I do well I I could probably say for so many thousands of veterans in the local area thank you very much for being available to us uh, in Washtenaw County, and uh, we encourage our listeners all over the state to check out their, uh, especially in Michigan, uh, I think is almost every county, not every county, I know, but almost all of the counties have a veteran service office, don't they? Yeah, there's probably around uh, four to five that do not. Um, uh, the best place to get, go and look and see where the phone number is for help is the MVAA website. It'll, uh, you just type in your county and then it'll tell you the resources in that area. And then you click on that and it'll give you the name and phone number of who you need to call for that county. Okay. And you said that that's the MVAA? Yeah. The Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. If you look up their website, it'll have a little, um, button that says find a, a veteran service officer. You click on that and, um, so you'll click on that, and then all the resources in that county will come up. Okay. I think that's very helpful for all of us, uh, all the veterans across the state of Michigan, across the country. You know, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get the word out about all of these things that are available to our veterans. It doesn't make any difference what conflict, or even if it was during peacetime, uh, many of you may be entitled. If you got injured during training and so forth, you may be eligible for benefits as well. Is that correct? That's correct. And also, um, I know you have uh, the broadcast in California and Minnesota. Um, we have a national website, national, uh, NACVSO, um, where you can find a benefit counsel, counselor in, I believe we have 30 to 37 states that um, we are, are part of the NACVSO. And you can look up a benefit counselor through that website as well. Okay. Well, that was, that again was NA. NACVSO. NACVSO dot org. I think it org. Yeah. Okay. If you Google, it'll come up. Okay. Google's our friend. 
Yeah, it looks like Dale froze a little bit. Um, he put a list of different questions on um, kind of like what we'd want to go for and start talking about. And since I'm up, um, he was putting out um, about the PACT Act, and that's that's a really huge um, bill that was passed. And it uh, benefits our post 9-11 burn pits and our um, uh, the Vietnam veterans, right? So they added over 20 different presumptive conditions for the um, Iraqi, Afghanistan era post 9-11. Um, there's a good 15 that are cancers and another probably 10 to 12 that are different. A lot of, a lot of breathing conditions, yes. um, for that, uh, PACT Act. But what, what has, uh, one of the biggest thing is for our Vietnam veterans that added hypertension. Yes. Unfortunately, when they get it controlled with medication, they're getting a lot of zeros coming out, right? Um, but the big thing I've seen is in Thailand where it was only, um, they said they only sprayed the herbicides on the borders of each one of the Royal Thai Air Force bases. And so you'd have to be an MP in order to get service connected for the presumptive conditions for Vietnam. Well, now with the PACT Act, they expanded it to the whole base. And that is huge. So if you were denied before, and let's say, you know, we have a lot of Viet, a lot of our Vietnam veterans are passing away, right? So, um, it's really beneficial for those spouses now. So if they got denied five, 10 years ago through this PACT Act, you can reapply for that, uh, dependency indemnity compensation or DIC. And then there will be a widow benefit if they passed of one of those presumptive conditions from Vietnam. Um, they also added, uh, some other areas, which, um, they sprayed not only the C-123s, if, you know, um, the airplanes that uh, came back to the States that were spraying the Agent Orange. Um, they also expanded it in, in Laos from 65 to 69, Cambodia. Um, and that was April 16th to April 30th, 69. Guam or American Samoa from January 9th, 62 to July 30th, 1980. And Johnson Atoll. Uh, or a ship that's called Johnson Atoll from January 1st, 72 to September 30th, 1977. So um, it really expands a lot. Um, and-, and, and, you know, Dave, David, you're bringing up an outstanding point is, um, you know, we tell our veterans and their and their spouses, please go to one of the experts. You know, when Dale was talking about, um, our county counselors. I really believe going back, I think some of these names, um, whether it was Mike Smith, Mark Lemke, I think our state of Michigan has one of the strongest county counselor organizations in the country. And, um, you know, our veterans and their spouses need to go out and look for these resources. One thing you just said that I think is critical that most of the time when a veteran passes and if there is a claim in um, to get to the VSO or get to a county counselor because you have one year 
um, for the, the widow, the spouse, um, to put in what is called a substitution claim and it keeps it going. But after a year, then it, it dies. I hate to use that word, but then you can't go back and reactivate it. So if you have any doubts, please go to somebody because all of the stuff with the PACT Act, it is so huge. Um, until you sit down and start to look at your own story, you don't know if you're entitled to any benefits. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. I'm back. Oh, Am I I back? (laughs) All right. Uh, The joys of technology is just great. Uh, (laughs) It must have been that exciting basketball game today. Everybody finally just kind of freaking out, sending out the messages. Uh, We won. Um, But... um, I appreciate what you were, you were talking about there. I got cut off at the, at the question about the high blood pressure because, um, you know, you mentioned that they, they start looking at it and everybody's taking the meds now, you know, and so I, I, I'm guessing that you have to at some point in order to get a benefit from it is that you have to go back to, to before they gave you the meds. Is well, that the it- idea? It is. It's it's about your current condition, right? So they take uh, three different measurements on three different days, and they look at if you're over 100 or over 160 on each one of the levels. Um, Then you could get 10%, but really it comes into play. Let's say you get zero, and then um, anything secondary to hypertension, if you pass away or if the hypertension's on the death certificate, then there's going to be benefits for the spouse. So it's very uh, beneficial to even apply, even if you're going to get 0%. Yeah, you know, we've talked about that before, David, and just the recognition with 0%. I know a lot of veterans, uh, you know, freak out. They're on all these medicines, and um, it and it's real interesting as a nurse, what I've been calling out some of the CNP exams or the individuals who are doing that so-called reading, um, there is a way to do blood pressure. And it's just don't, you run in, you take a blood pressure and you leave. Um, there should be a proper way to do landing, uh, lying, standing, sitting, and a period of time. So, um, please let us know if something isn't being done properly. Um, but just getting that 0%, as you said, is very critical because it's a recognition through the VA that that occurred because of your service. I'm, I'm going to jump in here, and I don't know if you introduced yourself or not, but the, the lady's voice in the program is Caroline Falcone from Legal Help for Veterans, who is also a certified VSLO. And, uh, so we're excited to have both of you on to answer these questions. Um, and I know I can relate to, uh, Carol Ann has been helping me out with this high blood pressure thing because you, um, I don't know what it's like to, for the rest of you out there in the country. I'm sure that some of these outside agencies that are being hired by the VA to do their exams, uh, they make you drive long distances to get your blood pressure checked. I mean, come on. <laughs> this seems, seems a little bit crazy. And of course, if you're anywhere near an urban area, by the time they get, you get there, your blood pressure is through the roof. And, um, you know, they take it and then they send you home, which is 
doesn't seem quite realistic to me. But hey, what do I know, right? Uh, it could be kind of expensive, really. You know, considering that the people that are uh, my age are, are, let's do it this way: the Vietnam veterans are aging quite a bit, and uh, blood pressure is kind of a normal. Um, uh, what is it? What would you call it? It's a, not a disease, but it's a symptom that that many of us have. So I think they have, you know, that has to be taken into consideration as well. So. Well, I think another point, and David, I think you would agree with this, that no matter what condition you have, but we're talking about the hypertension, let's say um, you get sick and you're in the hospital and um, you go in the hospital. And I, I just got a call the other day from a veteran who said, my blood pressure was out of control. They were on, I was on all these medicines, but because of what occurred, you know, the hypertension secondary, if you have a stroke, if you have something else going on, heart, heart condition, um, that could vary and it definitely could affect that. So my response was, please talk to your VSO, let your county counselor, let us know when all of this is occurring because those records from in the hospital um, can be sent back in as additional evidence um, for your claim. So I, I think good communication with who's ever representing you is very critical in the healthcare world. You know, just treat it like you're talking to your doctor and you need some advice and you need some follow-up because you're not feeling well. I totally agree. I agree. I agree. I'm going to jump over to the health side of our uh, agenda for the day. And I want to bring on the public affairs director at the Ann Arbor VA, the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center. So, Brian, welcome back to the program. Hi, Dale. It's good to be back. It's always good to have you on because we, you know, we always get tied up with all these benefit things, but we, <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't, we don't realize that the, uh, the health side of the, of this equation is also evolving and changing and adding all sorts of, of new things. And I, I realize that my question got to you a little late today, but I know that there's a lot of research going on right now through the uh, healthcare system. Oh, and- sure. Through the whole VA, really. Through the uh, Million Veteran Program, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the ones I was thinking about, yes. Yeah, that is uh, the nation's largest uh, genomic uh, research for, of veterans, you know, with gene genetic studies. Um, and it's been going on, uh, gosh, you don't know how many years that's been going on. I think since 2011 is when it really got kicked off. But as of just this past month, uh, we've got over 80 ongoing research projects going on nationally, 200 uh, health publications have come out because of this research. So Million Veteran Program is a, is a big deal. Well, I, 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 I thought that was great. I think that they should be, you know, like doing whatever those tests are on, on all of us as, that go to the VA is, you know, kind of take a little sample of our blood yeah. or DNA and just run it through their system. And I'll bet you they're, they're going to find all kinds of connections there well they can find all kinds of connections but also you may not know about i'll switch gears just a little bit about our new phaser program which va has literally just rolled out i believe this week it's part of the national oncology program office and yeah what this is is it's a large pharmacogenomic testing program for veterans what it does is it looks at veterans' genetics and it looks for the medicines that respond best to those genes. So, so medicine can be tailored and uh, titrated, um, prescribed 
you know, for for what is really best for the genetic for the for the uh, genetics of the individual veteran. It's really cool, and it's just rolled out. We've got a ton of information about it all over the hospital. So if it's something that folks are interested in, the next time you're in a clinic, just pick up a flyer. Um, or if you're if you want to learn a little bit about it now, you can go to cancer.va.gov/phaser. And it's pH, just like Star Trek, that phaser. Yeah. <laughs> that phaser. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this, this, this actually probably helps the physicians or the oncologists, oncologists that come up with those magic chemical yeah. cocktails. That's exactly to, right. To give you the, the proper cocktail for whatever type of cancer that you are, are going through. Precisely. The test results, you know, directly help your doctor decide what the best medication is for you rather than having to guess. <laughs> I know, no, I know. I mean, you know, we've all of us have had friends, or you know, many of us have gone through the chemotherapy, and it, you know, it's terrible. Well, um, yeah, it's a trial and error process, which just yeah. feels archaic in this day and age. Well, I, th- I think that's good. What's that website again, Brian? For uh, the can- study, can- cancer.va.gov/phaser. PF. PF. Yeah, check it PF. out. I will. I'm, it's I'm a, going it's to. a partnership with uh, Sanford uh, Imagenetics, and uh, it's actually something that's brand spanking new. It's the first time I've talked about it publicly, making news here on Veterans Radio. Here we are on Veterans Radio, introducing <laughs> a brand new program. That's that's great. I think that's that's awesome, as they say. Thank you, Brian. So what, what else is going on at our, our local well, Ann Arbor VA other than the construction? Well, the construction is uh, is a big deal. I'm going to get to that in just a couple of seconds, but let me dovetail on the PACT Act just a little bit. Okay. Since that's probably the biggest news this year, really this decade uh, for the VA. And, you know, it's really a joint venture between the Veterans Benefits Administration and the Veterans Health Administration, right? So the VHA, which is where the all medical centers are, are uh, located under, you know, our responsibility is getting veterans screened and getting the word out to veterans, right? So we've got tons of outreach plan. We've already got 40 events planned uh, and, and we're planning more. We've got nine coming up in March. We're going to be all over the place uh, to get folks. And we're bringing the team to get veterans screened. It's not just a where we hand you a flyer and say, have a nice day. Folks are getting screened right there. Uh, we're going to be, we're actually going to be at the USA hockey event this coming Friday. We're going to watch them play the Youngstown Phantoms. So we'll be there for that. Uh, we're going to be at the uh, EMU Military Veterans Center coming up. We're going to be at the Toledo Community-Based Outpatient Clinic, Washtenaw Community College Student Center, Jackson, Livingston County, all over the place. So, you know, that's our that's our thing is we want to get folks screened and get them into the system so that they can get the benefits that are coming. And by the way, just as a, as a note, if I could uh, just brag just a little bit, uh, just since the first of the year, we had just at Ann Arbor, have screened almost 18,000 veterans for the PACT Act. Wow. Yeah. It's a that's big pretty deal. good. You know, you, yeah. if we extrapolate that out across the country, that's pretty cool. Well, the last number I saw, I think, was last week, and it came from the secretary, and I think it's 2 million. Yeah. All across the country. So that's, that's, that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you uh, know, another thing we always encourage you folks out there, you Men and women who have ever been in the military, if you don't go to the VA, at least get yourself registered over there. Well, here's the thing. You know, Dale, we've screened 17,000, but those screenings have shown 8,000 who should be sent in for possible uh, you know, benefits, right? Yep. So folks that didn't even know, and we're just asking the question, right? And, uh, and now 8,000 people are eligible for benefits who had no idea before. Or if they had an idea, they weren't eligible before, right? So. Right. 
it's a it's a it's a really big deal for all of VA. It's honestly it's it's really all we talk about now, and uh, you know getting it done. Yeah, because it's it's a big it's a heavy lift for everyone in VA, but we're we're honored to be able to do it and and get uh, veterans like all of us here, you know, uh, who are veterans to uh, get the benefits that, uh, that that are coming. You know. Well, it, uh, and that's for sure. I mean, it certainly is one of the only bi, you know, bipartisan issues that, that can be talked about because everybody on both sides of the aisle and all sides of the aisle, you know, support their veterans. And, yeah. I, and that's, that's certainly to the veterans, um, advantage. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing coming down with budgets and everything else yeah. is, well, it's, asking it's, for more budget even next year. I think we're asking for another 300 million next year to cover all this stuff, right? So, uh, yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully we get through it, but I also wanted to dovetail a little bit on the blood pressure discussion that was happening earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I realized some, some veterans probably do have to make a ridiculous drive to get their blood pressure checked. But if you ask, uh, the, the folks who take care of the veterans connected care, that is basically, you know, virtual care, remote care, there are tools that you can be given to use at your home that will take your blood pressure and send it to the VA. So. Oh, direct, directly yeah. to the VA. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole kit they can give you that takes your temperature, your blood pressure, all the stuff you need for your doctor to get a kind of a picture, digital, you know, kind of a statistical picture of you. Yeah. Um, all that stuff can be, you just have to talk to the connected care people at your local VA. Oh, I'm writing this down yeah. because other, <laughs> other, because I'm keeping a log here. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to pass that along. So if there are veterans out there driving, 50 or 100 miles to get their blood pressure checked. Please stop doing that and get this equipment and, uh, 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 and you can just do it digitally right with your physician. I like that. What was Brian, that called? Yeah. Just, just a question. This is Carol Ann. Thanks for being on today. Sure. Um, that's an awesome point. Let me ask you this, Brian. Should you mention that to your team at a VA that you're, you know, that you would like to do this and then get involved almost like as a referral over to that agency so that your team physician and your nurse and your social worker know that this is your request? Yeah, I think you could certainly talk to your physician about it. They could even probably put in a consult to the connected yeah. care folks, and then you can be contacted. All of this came about because of COVID. So there were some some technological advancements uh, that were very positive because of what we had to deal with with COVID. And this was one of them was how do we see patients without actually seeing patients, okay. right, and get them the care they need. And this was one of those things. So, and it's these little kits. I'm not, I, I'm not entirely sure in all what's in there, but it's enough to basically get your blood pressure, your temperature, and a few other things to your physician so they can do an exam. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Just ask. Just ask. Us I will. About it. I'll be going to the purple team and seeing what they've got. Uh, well, well, Dale, and- when, when you come to our uh, VA, it's in the Welcome Center and what used to be called the Event Center. You know that little glass oh, door room? Oh, the little room. thing over there? Yes. Yeah, a yeah, little right. glass door room off to the side. Yep. Talk to uh, talk to Lori in there. She'll set you up. Okay. I'll be out there in a couple of weeks, though. That's, okay. <laughs> seems like I'm always out there in a couple just, of yeah, weeks. Just, <laughs> you know, and then that way she can uh, at least give you a sense of how that works. I know these tools yeah. have, uh, exist. I know they're available for veterans. I'm just not personally experienced with how, what the process, step-by-step process of getting that done is. Okay. All right. Well, Caroline, I wanted- did, you, did you have something? I wanted to talk about a couple of VA things real quick, too. Okay. Go right ahead. Well, we, we, I just wanted to just get another plug in there. We, Carol Ann, we finally got the women's clinic open last week. It's open. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's That's open awesome. and we're seeing patients in there 
and we're just so proud of it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful space. We're doing do a uh, an official uh, uh, dedication slash ribbon cutting uh, in uh, mid March for that. Um, I believe you're on the invitation list too, so we should be able to get that if you're if you're in town. I don't know if you're still down down south or not, but uh, no, we returned home for the beautiful snow and the beautiful freezing rain and (laughs) we're here in michigan so thank you brian all right well welcome back (laughs) and also on may 5th we've uh, we're going to be finally being able to dedicate uh the canton clinic and rename it it's being named after a prominent military figure who lived in canton major general oliver w dillard uh we're very proud to have his name on that clinic um so that's going to happen and um and that's pretty much it. We've got those big things happening, more events coming. It's a, it's a busy time for VA Ann Arbor. That's, that's, I think that's great. Uh, Brian, could you just quickly tell us how you got to the VA Ann Arbor? How did you get into the public relations field? Well, how did I get there? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'm actually, um, originally from mental health. I'm a psychologist by training. And, uh, but before I came to VA, I had a long, uh, infamous broadcasting career in, uh, in radio. And, um, and so when a, an opportunity came along for me to sort of switch career careers within VA, uh, the public affairs position opened up and I, I kind of jumped on it and it kind of gives me the best of both worlds. I get to help veterans by communicating with them and getting information to them. And I also get to feed my spirit a little bit by doing something that I really love to do. So that's, that's how I ended up in public affairs. Okay. And you are a Navy veteran, correct? I am a Navy veteran, Operation Specialist Second Class, 1988 to 1993, Operation Desert Storm. All right. See, this is, you know, this is called the credibility part. When yeah. we're all, you know, when we're all getting, introducing people yeah. to say, okay, we are all actually, you know, we're all veterans. We are yeah. all That's out true. here trying to do whatever we can to help veterans. Our mission continues no matter when we were in the service. Yeah. It's, it's just out there just to help our buddies. Served and, aboard the uh, USS Warden, a guided missile cruiser, Leahy class cruiser, CG-18. And uh, we were stationed in Pearl Harbor, which wasn't too bad. I must that say. wasn't too shabby at all. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it. Not I that I had to spend that much time there. We were underway the whole time. But I chose. I got to choose my orders because, you know, if you do really well in school, you guys know you get to kind of pick your orders or pick from a menu of orders. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, my grandfather was stationed at Pearl Harbor, and he was there actually when it was bombed by the Japanese. He was a, a deep-sea diver stationed aboard the very first hospital ship in the United States Navy, the US, USS Solus. Wow. And, uh, and so the fact that he was uh, stationed there, um, and I had the opportunity to go there. I really just felt the need to to just go where my grandpa was at the time. So I think that's that's just so cool. Kind of closing the loop a little bit, I guess, right? Yeah, that <laughs> is that is. I've had a request, uh, Brian, for if you could, uh, if you're looking decent, if you could uh, turn your camera on. Sure. I'm Somebody just wants t-shirt. to take a screenshot. It looks. I think that's what's going to happen here. No, that's okay. I'm just wearing a t-shirt. If that's okay. That's okay as long as it doesn't have anything really too provocative <laughs> not, on it. Oh no, it's just a it's just a white T-shirt. <laughs> Are we still on the air? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Derek's fine with 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 what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just I'm right here. Uh, there we okay. go. Hi. There we are. They got the choose VA and everything up there. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's great. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Hey, as, as a matter of fact, we're going to be taking a quick break. So I'm just, I'm just queuing 
Derek to to set up the Medal of Honor. Um, so we are going to take a br- quick break. And when we come back, if you do have any questions, please give us a call here on Veterans Radio at 734-822-1600. And um, the Medal of Honor today doesn't say which conflict it occurred in. It occurs during World War One. So here we go. So we're taking a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Veterans Radio. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. First Lieutenant Deming Bronson was struck by an exploding enemy hand grenade, receiving deep cuts on his face and the back of his head, but continued to lead his men. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Bronson, although injured, participated in the action that resulted in the capture of an enemy dugout with a great number of prisoners. On the afternoon of the same day, he was painfully wounded in the left arm by an enemy rifle bullet. And after receiving first aid treatment, he was directed to the rear. Disregarding these instructions, Bronson remained on duty with his company throughout the night, although suffering from severe pain and shock. The next morning, his regiment resumed its attack. Bronson's company was left in support of the attacking line. In spite of his wounds, he joined in the capture of the village. After the capture, he remained and participated in the capture of an enemy machine gun, he himself killing the enemy gunner. Shortly after this encounter, the company was forced to retire due to the heavy enemy artillery barrage. Bronson, who was the last man to leave the advanced position, was again wounded in both arms by an enemy high-explosive shell. He was then assisted to cover by another officer who applied first aid. Although bleeding profusely and faint from the loss of blood, Bronson remained with the survivors of the company throughout the night of the second day refusing to go to the rear for treatment. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help, but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're back here on Veterans Radio, and today is our benefits program, and we've gotten to meet um, our newest VSO, that's David Sames from the uh, Washtenaw County Veterans Service Office. Uh, we've been reintroduced to Brian Hayes, who is the Public Relations Director at the Ann Arbor VA. And so now I'm going to go back to our retired Brigadier General, Carol Ann Falsone, who is going to tell us a little bit about her military career and how she got so involved in helping veterans. So, Carol Ann, give us a little brief bio here. Sure, um, Dale. I, I think a great seg. Brian, thank you so much for indicating um, your involvement and your history with your grandfather. Um, that's sort of how, like, my history started. My tata served in World War I, um, and, uh, you know, as he was um, there with us, he would tell us stories. They seem like 
um, that era and maybe the beginning of World War II would talk about some of the the issues or their situations in war. Well, my Tata had a bullet in his calf and, um, you know, nobody gave him the purple heart and he had that his whole life. Um, and us kids would fill it, the grandchildren, and he would tell us stories about his service and he was so proud. And, and I think that was what started with me wanting to be a nurse and, um, serving our country. And, and so, you know, 36 years, I nurse, um, active duty, and then went into the guard and then uh, had some unbelievable opportunities and uh, assignments. One of my, my last two, I was at the Pentagon um, with the Department of Health Affairs. And then in the state of Michigan, um, in the Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, was the Director for Veterans Affairs. And so, that's what started me, and um, I can't believe it's already 11 years, going to be 12 years since my retirement, and I went um, to work at Legal Help for Veterans, and so there's this urging to continue to help our veterans get their benefits and their family um, that they're entitled to. As we were talking earlier, David and I, when you decided to take a little nap, Dale, that, um, you know, we need to make sure our spouses, um, our families are taken care of. And so they sacrifice from us. So that's, that's what I do. I continue on. You do. And you do that with passion. And that's, that's what's so great about, you know, what you, what David, what, what Brian does, what all of these VSOs across the country. And there are so many organizations that are out there to help you. Uh, if you are a veteran listening to this program right now and you are having problems with housing or food or medical care or anything along those lines, let us know. Let somebody know in your county. They're all out there to help you. And, uh, you know, we can't solve your problems, but we can certainly maybe help you with some food and maybe a place to stay. And especially if, uh, you know, if your condition is serious enough, maybe we can get you in and get you the treatment that you, d- you need and you deserve. That's, that's, that's what our mission is, is just keep the word going out there because so many veterans, unfortunately, kind of just fade into the woodwork and, you know, you don't know about it. It still upsets me so much when I'm driving around and I see some, somebody on the side of the road with a sign that says, I'm a veteran and anything will help. You feel like pulling over, pull them into the car and drive them up to the VA and say, okay, here's some help for you. And, you know, we're here to take care of you. So everybody out there that I I know, all the different organizations that I've come in contact with over the last 20 years of doing uh, Veterans Radio, there are so many avenues that are there to help you. So if you're listening to this program for the first time, you can go to our website. We'll point you in the right direction. You can go to Washtenaw County Veterans Service, Legal Help for Veterans, as Brian pointed out, as you go into the lobby of the VA hospital, there's a big sign that says benefits help turn right here. And there are people that will get you signed up and into the program. So I'd strongly encourage you to pass this along to other people. I was thinking, um, with, with, with you, excuse me, <laughs> I get too excited. Um, there are still some World War II veterans out there that have not seek, sought Excuse me, sought 
help at the VA. And they're at that point in their lives now where they could probably really use it. And then that was a question I was thinking of because I, I, I heard about a case where a, a gentleman who's, I think he's in his nineties was in World War II. He's pretty much basically incapacitated now. His wife's still trying to take care of him. He could be getting help from the VA. Is, is that a realistic possibility? Well, sure it is. It depends on, you know, if, if he or she, I'm sure it's a he, but has a disability and the assistance, um, you know, David and I were talking about, you know, the pension issues. It could be non-compensated pension. It could be special monthly compensation. There's different levels. Um, but you just need to ask. Um, and it's sometimes so sad. And I don't want to say this, but sometimes we get stubborn and do not yes. want to reach out and, and get help. And I, and I did notice that, um, my dad was a World War II. My father-in-law was World War II. And sometimes they say, give it to other individuals who were wounded. Um, but you never know. Every circumstance is different. And so you just got to reach out. And it's kind of sad sometimes that after the veteran passes and you're talking to the widow, um, that they should have applied for benefits because you can't apply after. Uh, as David said, you might be able to get DIC, the death indemnity, after, but they probably would have been entitled to benefits while they were living to make their life easier. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And um, I've had veterans uh, from the Korean War, and they'll come in, and they're like, you know what, I just want to try and get some hearing aids. They said, you know, I make a little bit too much to get into the VA system. And so we did a claim for hearing loss and tinnitus. And a couple of my guys got a hundred percent because they were so, they were in artillery and, um, they lost their hearing and, um, they got their hearing aids. Plus they got a, a monthly check and they were very amazed of what happened. And now it doesn't happen to everybody, but if it's, uh, you know, you, you, you were in the service and, uh, you were exposed to loud noises and they never had hearing protection back then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then, um, then they got out and they worked a job as a teacher. Uh, you can still file claims, you know, 50, 60, 70 years later. I think that's a really important issue that you just, or a point that you made there is that, that you could still file a claim because I, I have talked to, uh, older veterans who, you know, complained about the cost of their hearing aids. And I'm going, well, just go to the VA and, you know, <laughs> if you, you know, file a claim and and they'll be provided to you. And they're the, you know, they're the top of the line. Hearing aids is what, is what they do. And they, you know, they take care of them for you and everything else. So I think that that's, um, again, just another important issue that maybe some people just aren't aware some people just don't know. And some people, as Carol Ann pointed out, say, no, it's not for me. It's for the other, you know, other men and women who need it more than I do. And I, I think that sometimes we don't realize that sometimes we all need a little help. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. right. And our Vietnam veterans um, that were in country, they're already they're, they If they apply, they're priority group six, even if they're over the means. So what what they, does prior what does priority it gets you into the VA, even if you're over a certain. To make too much money. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, 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 that's right. Yeah, if you don't have any of the presumptive conditions, and 
you need hearing aids, definitely check out the, you know, the VA medical center. So I think the, the one thing that, um, Brian and I, and I call and bug him enough is, but there's a process for everything. So you just don't walk in the door and they don't say, Oh, you're Vietnam or, you know, um, desert storm, wherever. Yep. 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 But you need to file a claim and, um, you're going to be asked to do a hearing test. You know, it's called comp and pen, C and P. Um, you'll get a hearing test and then, and then hopefully, as you described, David, they'll get their hearing aids and, um, would possibly be entitled to that 10%. But, um, I think it's really important that you know that there's going to be a little process to go through, whether it's the paperwork, the hearing test and, uh, so uh, that that miffs me sometimes when people call back and say, "Well, I went in and now they're running me through all this stuff." Well, yeah, we we've, we've got to test your hearing. You got to make sure that we're giving you the right tools. Mm-hmm. Um but you need to make the first attempt to walk in or make that phone call. That's all we ask for you to do. Just go in there and say, "Hey, it's a brand new, if you're in the Ann Arbor area or near any VA hospital out there, and and I, I guess this would apply, Brian, maybe you can answer this question for me. If they go to some of these out out clinics that are out there now, is that someplace where they can register for VA health care? Yes, absolutely. Some of the smaller ones, you know, we sort of have traveling eligibility because we just don't have enough eligibility staff. It's hard to keep those folks staffed up. But the bigger clinics, of course, Canton, Toledo, and then usually eligibility will travel to the smaller clinics in, you know, Adrian Howell, uh, Jackson, Flint, those areas. Well, I was just, you know, I was thinking that that's probably some of the VA news that I get now and now and then is that so many VA centers across the country are doing the same thing, obviously, that we are. And, uh, you know, we're trying to encourage people Across the country, go go ahead, go sign up. Even if you never go to the VA ever, um, you know you may be entitled to something. And you know these hearing aids are not cheap from from that particular disability. And why not? That's what, yeah. You know you you signed at the bottom line down there that said you were willing to give your life for the country, and the country is only trying to pay you back as best they can. So, you know, go ahead, take a chance. Why not? <laughs> All right. So we, um, I was going to ask you folks, um, I guess this would be, be, uh, David or, or uh, Carol Ann, what is the most complicated case that you, that you have that you could remember that you finally got benefits for the, for the veteran? And I'll ask either one of you can go first if you have it off the top of your head. I was talking to Dale earlier before we got on the um, program and um, for Vietnam veterans, there is a presumptive condition, uh, peripheral neuropathy early onset. And you have to show that you had it within one year of you getting out of the military. But the problem is in the 60s, early 70s, they didn't even know what peripheral neuropathy was. It's numbness of the hands and feet. And I had a veteran that had a beautiful nexus letter from the uh, director, you know, the director of the, of the VA medical center, you know, he was uh, the oncologist and he wrote a, he's like, well, we went through the whole gamut and this is the only way 
that um, it could be service connected. I mean, it, it's because uh, he was exposed to herbicides. Well, it get denied on the lower level, went to the BVA. And this gentleman was, uh, he just wanted to be heard, not about the money. And he, and I kept him calm through the four years that we were going through the appeal. And uh, so I let him talk to the BVA law judge for 25, 30 minutes. So I'm sure she agreed. She liked that. But in that, he said that his arms went numb. And um, then she started asking him questions. And he said the same thing about his legs. Well, at the end, um, she rendered a positive decision because it it got denied, even though he had great nexus letters. The statement from the veteran, they'll take that at the BVA as positive evidence that he, he had the condition. So it was, it was good. And then he, and he got, got his, uh, th- yes. that was, and they, and they're retroactive, right? Yeah. Retroactive for five years. And so he was very happy. I'm sure he was. Caroline, what was, what are your more complicated thing? We got about three minutes to go. Well, you know what, um, Brian, uh, David, that was an awesome story. I, I think as a nurse, what is most compelling for me are the stories that like, say desert storm desert shield um where our veterans are exposed to burn pits we don't know what it is they come back they have the disease process and you see these entities going on and eventually the cancers will take them away um there was a nurse in um in Iraq and that happened but there was nothing that that people were out there approving for burn pits. Yeah. I mean, this concept. Um, and so after she passed, her family finally has gotten the recognition of the burn pits because of the PAC Act. And, um, that's really sorry. It's really sad that that happens to a lot of families after the fact, um, that things are approved. Um, but at least there's some recognition of their service. And that goes back to the family. I think that's an important thing to point out is that even though you maybe never even filed for a claim or, or anything and you died of something that was caused by your service, it can't hurt to make the, that phone call. I mean, cause maybe you can find out, you know, we're not guaranteeing anything here that, that you would get back benefits or anything like that, but just make the phone call and ask the question and maybe just maybe you may be entitled to something that your veteran uh, was entitled to from their time in the service. And, and I think that with David's story, all of these that we deal with, keep the claim alive. Don't let it close because the minute it closes, you can't do the back pay. You can't do the retro. Um, so kudos to um, the veteran that goes to their VSO, their county counselor, legal help for veterans, make sure you keep your claim open. Don't let it close. And that's the fact, Jack. Don't let it close, you know, until you get that final letter that says yes or no. And uh, even then, these two are just examples of how they're going to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep your your claim alive until there there are no other options left. And that's that's what I have found with the VSOs 
veteran service officers I've met across the country. I want to thank everybody for being on our Veterans Radio today. Uh, David Sams, thank you very much. I hope you get the full-time the acting removed from your title and that you'll be available to talk with us next month. Um, Carol Ann, of course, um, keep up the good work out there at Legal Help for Veterans and Brian Hayes from the Ann Arbor VA Public Affairs and Public Relations Office. Thank you all very much for being on Veterans Radio today. To our audience, we want to make sure that you um, come back next month. The last Sunday of every month is when we start talking about benefits, not start, but we talk about benefits. We talk about benefits all the time, but this is what's so important to you. So I encourage you to contact us at Veterans Radio or your local VSO. See what you're entitled to. See what you can do and help other people out. So for everybody here on the program today, this is Gail Thronberry for Veterans Radio. Till next week, you are dismissed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.